And we are different because we are one of the world's largest scholarship organizations for women. You are listening to End If Love Remains, a unique show spotlighting people, ideas, science, culture, and art. Your host, Mike Lovett. Mike Lovett. You know what, Rachel? You're right. This is And If Love Remains. I am your host, Mike Levitt, and I have a special guest today. I always have special guests. They're the best. I have the best guest ever on And If Love Remains, and this is no exception. I have on the line with us today, Madeline Hips. Um, Madeline's a, actually, I've, I've known Madeline for a long time, and uh, I, I'm ver- I've always watched her kind of grow and do some amazing things, and and uh, she's, she's very... I don't know, very, very passionate about, about the things that, that, uh, about pageants and about community service. And I'm really excited to talk to her about those things and, and kind of her unique perspective on stuff. So Madeline, welcome to And If Love Remains. Thanks for, for taking some time to be with us. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here. Right on. It's so, this is, this is a real pleasure for me. I have a, so a question just to kind of start off. So we we have several mutual f- friends. Um, I know the Dubins. I, I taught Melissa, you know, Melissa Hankey and, 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 you know, so I know a few people that have been around pageants. I've also helped people, you know, write, uh, I've written some, some original music for people and such, and who have been in pageants. And I see all the work and all the, the, the attention to detail and the things that go into it. But, but explain to me, like, how did you get into pageants and um, what, what, what has created like this, this great passion to, to compete and, and enjoy this, this, this experience? Yeah. So I have always thought they looked really, really fun. And when I was in my late teens, I had a church leader who was a local director in the Cinderella scholarship pageant. And she reached out and she was like, hey, I know you've been interested for the last couple of years. Like, you should do it. And I was a little skeptical because I had, I grew up performing, but I'd never done pageants before. And as you'll learn, it's its whole own little lifestyle. Um, But I jumped into it probably about two or three weeks before the competition and fell in love. I just hit eight years of competing. I've been doing it since I was 17 and I'm 25 now. I, there's so many different things I love about it, but I love the sisterhood and the community service requirements and just the camaraderie that comes with being a part of a pageant sisterhood. That that's incredible. And I want to talk about your specific experience, but, but first just to kind of give a a little bit of an overview. I think most people have heard of or, or know, you know, Miss America and maybe Miss USA. And, but I think there's a, like talked about the, the different pageants that are available and, you know, maybe what, what they cater to and, and the, the kind of things that, you know, why did you choose the one that you're, that you're competing in? So there are so many different pageant systems and they all are different because of the scholarships opportunities that they provide, as well as the competitions that they have in order to reach those goals. Miss America, just a little bit about it, 
has just recently hit 100 years. Um, we celebrated 100 years of Miss America in 2021, um, which is amazing. It's such a cool experience to be a part of such a legacy. And we are different because we are one of the world's largest scholarship organizations for women in the U.S., which is awesome. I get to continue my college education because of the scholarships I've received. We compete in a couple of different categories that separate us apart. Um, We compete in talent, a 10-minute private interview, onstage question, evening gown, and now fitness is back. So we are super excited about that, but that separates us apart from a couple different systems. USA has a little bit different judging system and scoring system. Cinderella, like I mentioned, is the organization that I originally started in, and they start their girls at age zero and go all the way up through 29. So there's a good age range in there. They also are a scholarship organization, and they focus on talent and sisterhood and and scholarship. So there's a a huge variety of systems out there that cater to every girl's need and want within the pageant realm. Okay. Okay. And, and, and talk a little bit about maybe the, the, maybe not the behind the scenes, but, but like what, what goes into competing? Because I think when, when a lot of, again, and I'm just speaking as a total, you know, person looking from the outside, you know, you see, you see, you know, maybe you've seen like Miss Congeniality, or you've seen, you know, the 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 unfortunate contestants that that, that blubber on stage on the on the onstage question, or and, you know, it's it, I, like I cringe. It makes me so sad when when you see stuff like that happen. But but that that seems to be like those memes and those ideas seem to be what what follows the consciousness of of people when they think of pageants. But but talk a little bit more about like the what goes into it and the kind of like rigor and, and, and things that, that you need to do and maybe even some of the, the requirements that, that you need to do to compete. Yeah. I have to tell you before I tell you a little bit about it, the biggest question I get asked is if I compete in Miss Congeniality every single time they want to know that if it's just like that. And to an extent, there are definitely some, some funny moments that tie back into to the pageant world. But I com- compete in the Miss America organization. And we are an organization that empowers women to find their own space within this bustling world. So we have some of the smartest, hardworking women in pageantry just because we we draw in women like that. Behind the scenes, it's a lot of work. I always tease when people ask me um, how it's going that I am working my second and third full-time job while competing um, because prepping for Miss Arizona, just the competition aspect along with being an everyday title holder, attending events, community service projects, and then also running your community service initiative. Each of us have a community service initiative that allows us to get a little more in depth into an area we're really passionate about, which is really, really cool and something that sets Miss America apart from a couple of other pageant systems. But there's a lot of behind the scenes work and really late nights and really early mornings 
um, that you don't necessarily see on social media. Um, but I love that aspect of it because it's really taught me how to work hard and manage my time and just really structure my life to set me up um, to have a successful life out of Miss America someday. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Talk so talk about your charity organization. I know that you've you um, have started a charity organization for young children or young girls. Talk about that aspect and 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 what inspired you to do that. Yeah, so I started a community service based mentorship program. It's called the Serving Sisters Club. It's for little girls ages four to thirteen, and we do monthly service projects that are in different areas of service. My hope with starting the organization was to give each girl an opportunity to dip their toes in different areas um, and in, in different types of people that need to be served. Um, because I'm a firm believer that when we start kids super young in understanding the importance of community service, respecting others who are different than them, that they grow up to be successful, respectful, all around well-rounded adults. I started it because I have, she just turned nine, so I can't tell you that she's any younger than that. But when I started it, she was about seven. I have a little sister. And she just saw me working on all of the community service projects that I was doing. I've always loved community service. It's always been a, a safe place for me. And when there's turmoil or trials in my life and she saw me doing that and she really wanted to participate. And my mom pointed it out. And so I started the organization so that she could serve right alongside me. And she does. She comes and she helps set up each or each project each month. And it's so fun to watch her grow into this little community service advocate and find areas that she's passionate in, all because we started dipping um, her, her interest and her toes in different areas so she could find what she was passionate about. And I love that so much because I think the earlier and quicker that somebody can find their passion and find what really makes them tick, it really sets them up for success down the, down the road. I completely agree. What, what are some of the things or, or can you talk about some of the projects that you've done and, and some of the things that, that, that you've done with, with this service and, and how it's impacted people? Yeah. So we've been going for about a year. Um, we've done about 10 different, 10 or 11 different projects thus far. We've worked with um, a nonprofit called Comfort Bears in a Catastrophe, which one of my good friends is the founder of. So that's super cool. We've worked with Sunshine Acres, Foster Kids. We have worked with assisted living homes. Uh, we have worked with homeless children. And it's so amazing because in every different area of need, there are 20 different things that they need. So we've done anything from making thinking of you cards to sewing Christmas ornaments to performing for assisted living homes. We've done it all. And it's so cool to see the impact that not only happens on the girls that participate in each of my projects, but also the smiles that come from the simple acts of kindness that we do each month with our projects. 
that's that's wonderful. What 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 makes for a good pageant contestant? Like what attributes? You know, obviously they were called beauty pageants for a while. I don't know if they still are. I, I think they are. <laughs> but what? But but you know, aside from that, what are the attributes that that judges that people are looking for in contestants to uh, to help them win? Yeah. So in the Miss America organization, we look for a well-rounded woman. We look for somebody who is articulate, who's educated who has a heart of gold and who just truly loves to serve her community, who's adaptable because truthfully, the amount of times I've had to do things at certain events that were not on the schedule is probably every single time. And they just (laughs) overall look for just this very well-rounded woman, nothing perfect. And that's one misconception that a lot of people have about, um, pageantry in general so it's got to be so competitive that it almost feels that way right it has its moments yes but there is (laughs) i swear the biggest shift i ever had in my competition um, abilities was my mindset shift and being able to understand that every single girl we are so different we're all just trying our best and we are all so incredible in our own lanes that any way the judges go after the end of competition is the right direction because there are just so many well-rounded, well-versed, articulate women that could do the job so well. Okay, come on, come on. Like there's got to be a competitive edge there. Come on, Madeline. (laughs) I know, I hear what you're saying, but come on. (laughs) There is definitely the competitive edge in the sense that when you train, you want to train to be able to be competitive within the competition realm. Yeah. But I will say, our organization picks some incredible judges each year who are really good at looking past the surface level and looking deep inside a girl. And that is something that every single judge I have talked to after I've competed with them or talked with them, they're like, we can see the girls who are fake and we can see the girls who truly have a passion for this organization. And it makes a difference. Wow. That's that. I no, I can, I can see that, that, that would make a difference because those type of, of young ladies would definitely stand out, you know, when, when, when you're talking to them. And that kind of brings me to my next question, which is, which is, I think in a part of the, the process that a lot of people don't think about unless you're a competitor, but I imagine is maybe the, maybe in some ways the most stressful. And that is the, the interview process. Um, can you talk a little bit about what that is like a, a behind the scenes interview with these judges and, and what, what are they asking? What are they going for? Is it a conversation? Is it specific questions that they ask each contestant? Like how, what is that? What is that? I've got to say interview when I first started was the scariest part because I was so afraid of messing up. But over the last four years that I've competed within the Miss America organization, I've really grown to love it because it's just a conversation with five people who ultimately just want you to succeed. There's a lot of preparation that goes into it. There's many hours of current events studying, 
understanding where your opinion lies, understanding who you are as a woman, as a person, um, development of your community service initiative, that all goes into a successful interview. And when you have those things structured and lined up, you can ultimately guide your interview through that process um, and have the judges ask you the questions that you want to be able to answer and that they need to know about you so that they know that you're the best fit for the old, for the job. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. And it is interesting that you just said that because I don't think a lot of people would think of it that way as it's going to be your job, you know, when the, it is you are- yeah, you're interviewing for a job. Maybe talk about that aspect of it as far as like what are when you represent Miss Arizona, um, what does that mean and what are you doing? So when you represent or when you are Miss Arizona, you represent not only your state but a national organization. So your actions, your words, your influence all reflect back on, on the organization. So part of the job of a judge is to pick the person or the girl who's going to be the best fit and best influence for that year. It is a job. It involves hours and hours and hours of community service events, emceeing, so many different things. And that is just the daily life, right? There's also all the prep that goes into competing for Miss America, which again is hours of community service and paperwork development and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine like this, just the, just the, the, logistics of of preparing for a a national pageant like Miss America has got to be just insane. Yeah. I have never competed on a national level, but I have had some really close friends uh, capture the title of Miss Arizona and compete for Miss America. And it is quite the experience for them to prep for it. And it's, it's an exciting time, but it's definitely a lot of work. How, how important is it for you to be a part of, be around, um, spend time. In other words, have a, have a relationship with the organizations. And I don't know how the, how, you know, if the judges are, are in the day to day of the organization, but, but how important is it that, that if, if you want to be a serious competitor, um, that you're around it for a few years, that they know you, that they, that they've seen you around. Is, is that a big part of it? Not necessarily. I know girls who have competed for six plus years and finally win the crown. And I know girls who have walked on the stage and won. So it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with your ability to win. But I will say the longer you spend in the organization, the more you understand the background of it, the more you start to basically eat, sleep and breathe it and it becomes a lifestyle and it's a fun lifestyle, but it really does become kind of your entire world. (laughs) And and you love that aspect of it, don't you? I love it. It's so amazing. That's, that's incredible to find that kind of community, that kind of, you know, I don't know structures right where, but that, but that kind of, that, that kind of relationship with an organization, I think is, is an important thing. I think it's something that, you know, maybe the, the boy scouts used to, or do have for a lot of people or the, you know, d- different church organizations, like you can feel like 
you're part of something bigger than yourself. Absolutely. And that is something that gives me a lot of purpose and passion in life to know that I am a part of an organization that's doing good, not only for the girls who I compete with, but for every little girl that's a part of our Miss Arizona Princess program, for every little girl that I and boy that I get to meet at an event, it makes an impact. And that is such a special thing. And it makes the baggy eyes and the exhausted nights really worth it. There might be somebody listening who, you know, maybe they're a mother and they, they have a, a, a daughter who might be considering, you know, competing or, or being a part of the, of Miss America, you know, how would you encourage them? Or what would you say that, that, that yeah, because obviously once you make that kind of a commitment, it turns into a real commitment. It's something that that's real, but, but what would be your, your pitch to them for like, this is, it's worth it. I would tell them that if they are looking for an organization for their daughter to participate in that allows a lot of room for growth and being able to come into themselves, that this is the organization for them because I am not the woman that started competing four years ago because I've grown and developed so much over the past four years, which is truly beautiful to look back on. But that is the type of environment. It is very high pace and just exciting. So if you are looking for a development program, maybe a better a better name for Miss America is the Miss America Development Organization because I've learned I so many that. skills that have helped in my personal life, in my pageant life, and in my professional life as a legal assistant. I have gotten my job in the firm I work for currently because I knew how to interview because of pageants. And I had no law experience prior to working for this firm. So it's really, really cool to see those skills that I've learned transition into my everyday life. Because I won't compete forever, but I will work really hard for forever. And it's really cool to see that. Do you, do you see yourself being a part, even after you're done competing, being a part of the organization? Oh, absolutely. I would love to direct someday. I really hope and pray that my little sister wants to participate for a couple of years. She's not nearly the age that she can participate as a competitor yet, but I hope someday she will, which will be really cool. But also being a, a director, a field director, stuff like that. I what just is that? What, what's a director do or a field director do? So a director is, or a local director is somebody who runs a local competition so that each of us girls has the opportunity to win a local title, which then qualifies us to compete at state. You also have state executive directors, which run the state organization. A field director is over multiple local competitions. They kind of manage it and are the state director's eyes and ears at each competition. So they're, everybody's very involved. It's a team effort to make sure that everything runs smoothly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I have to ask, what is, what is your talent? You got to let the people know what your talent is. What do you typically do and do you switch it up or, or what is that about? So I am a vocalist. I've been singing pretty much since I came out of the womb, according to my parents, but performing on sure. a stage since I was nine. 
Um, and I will be singing Nine to Five by Dolly Parton this year at Miss Arizona, which I am stoked about. And the costume is so good. So if you want to see that, you'll have to come watch Miss Arizona at the end of June at the Mesa Art Center. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. That'll be so fun. Do you, and when they're judging that, it, it, the, the, the talent show specific or the talent aspect specifically, are they looking? Are they looking for just an overall performance? Are they looking for vocal technique? Like how did how does a group of judges judge so many different talents <laughs> in one competition? Yeah, so it, it feels like American, not American Idol. It kind of feels like America's Got Talent kind of thing, where it's like all these people and the judges are like, well, it looks great. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I'm sure that's what they're thinking every time they're looking at us. They're like, wow, this is a lot, but they really look for an overall performance value. And then next, technique. Um, they want to know what talent shows the judges is the hard work and dedication that someone is willing to put into something, right? Which then translates into how good of a state or national or even local title holder they will be. But it's also just fun to watch, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's 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 great. It's fun. Um, so yeah, nine to five, I, that is going to be, I didn't think of that for you, but that's going to be a perfect tune for you to, to pull on. That's going to be awesome. Well, <laughs> I am way excited about it. I actually sang it when I won, won my current title now and I'm taking it to state with me. So it's really exciting. Awesome. So what, is, what is your current title now? I am Miss Desert Rose 2023. Okay. So talk about that Miss Desert Rose 2023. How, uh, you know, because that's, I, I don't know of a city named Desert Rose, so help me understand. Totally. Yeah, so some girls are crowned with cities of a state. Others are crowned with counties. Okay. And others are crowned with symbols of the state. So the Desert Rose is to symbolize all the beautiful flowers we have within our great state of Arizona. So it's fun to get to represent such a special thing about Arizona. That is fantastic. That is seriously awesome. I didn't, I had no idea that that was a thing. So that is really cool. What, um, oh, I, I hadn't just had my brain go boom. Okay. So let me ask you this is probably one, one question you get a lot, but I, I, it, it's so fascinating to me. It, it It's kind of like, um, oh, what was that? Sh there was a, a, a show where people, you know, Make, let's make a deal where it's like, you know, are you going to take the thing behind the curtain or, you know, <laughs> and, and, and the, when, when, when competitors are, are asked the question on stage, like it's that same feeling of like, you know, anticipation, excitement, anxiety, dread, like there's so many emotions that Absolutely. are going on. <laughs> that one question. So, so talk about, first of all, number one, is it a completely, and I'm, I know, it's not a random question, but it, but it's, are they, are they handpicking questions for you or is it out of a hat? And is, are those questions, how do you prep for those questions? Yeah. So an onstage question is a fishbowl question. So you put your hand in a little bowl and pick out whatever question they are typically put together by either the judges panel sometimes or the state board or the local board. And then you just kind of pick randomly and you really hope and pray that it is something that's not going to stump you. But 
I have learned over the years, right? The the longer you spend within an organization, the more you know, thank heavens. Right. Um, but the way you prepare for competition is so important because ultimately, if you prepare properly and study up on your current events and know yourself and know your social impact and et cetera, you won't have a question that you will be stumped on because you'll have an answer for anything underneath the sun, whether or not it is directly related to the question or if it's a story that you can incorporate from your life. Either way, you will never be stumped because you're so prepared. It, you almost get to a point where you're like, please stop me. Please stop me. Please stop me. Give me a hard one. <laughs> right? Because I just, I want to be challenged. But you get to that point where you're just so prepared that that there's not really anything that you don't have an answer to. Can you think of like the most interesting question or, or maybe the, the, the response that you're the most proud of to a question in that scenario? Yeah. So a couple of competitions ago, I got asked what my favorite constitutional right was. And I will say that one threw me a little bit off guard. I was not prepared for that one as much as I thought I was going to be. But because I knew who I was, I knew that my greatest constitutional right was the right for religion. And so I talked a little bit about that because I am so religious and I make it very known that I come from a religious background. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And so I got to talk about that on stage, which was really cool. So even though I didn't feel quite as prepared as I was reading it, I tied it back to myself, which was a good testament to if you work hard, it pays off. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. No, that that's wonderful. And and that would be one, you know, it, and it's interesting, like you, you really have to be, like you said, you have to know yourself and you have to be Absolutely. so confident in yourself that that if you have maybe a controversial take on stuff that you're willing to express it in such a way that is that um, maybe doesn't lessen the, the you know, the, the impact of your answer, but it helps people to understand where you're coming from. Absolutely. Yeah. You kind of have to find, find the sweet spot of stating your opinion and not offending other people. So it's a little bit difficult, but if you study the right way, it's definitely doable. What I mean, it, and, and I, <laughs> this is a, uh, I've been like messing around with chat GPT because I just find the whole thing fascinating. Yeah. It's super cool. It's super cool. There's a, there's a lot of, lot of cool aspects to it and it's, it's really interesting, but in some ways I find it to be pretty vanilla in the sense, like it's not going to let me, I hate to say trick it, but it's not going to, it's not going to let me like get, get it sit to, to admit something and, or, or say something that is, um, because it is, it's just a robot, right? Totally. And, and, and I, and sometimes I think about that in terms of like, if I was in a position of, of being asked a question like that in a setting like that, like how, how would I be able to, um, you know, cause I would, I would have a hard time like vanillaizing my, my beliefs, but at the same time, like I wouldn't, I, I like, I don't like offending people, but at Absolutely. the same time, like, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to let, you know, 
the mob decide what <laughs> what I think. And so it is a, such an interesting, like when you get a really tough and controversial question, how to handle that. Yeah, it is an interesting experience. And it's taken me a long time to be to a place where I'm comfortable stating my opinions proudly and confidently and knowing that I'm not going to offend anybody. Ultimately, judges are going to disagree one way or another because that's what makes us all beautiful as people is that we have different opinions about things. But their job isn't to nitpick my opinion or tell me that I don't have enough information, but to just listen and see if I understand what I'm talking about and can articulate it in a certain beautiful way. Yeah. Which is a little relieving to know that nobody's going to come mob me over my opinion if it's different than right. yours. <laughs> yeah, I know that that is that's wonderful. And and that you feel like um, you know, I kind of hate this term, but I'm going to use it because it's funny. But you are in a somewhat of a safe space of like even the people are, you know, like everybody is rooting for you. Absolutely. Everybody, the audience members, even if they have other, you know, daughters and, and, and sisters in the competition, they're rooting for you. They want to see everybody do well. And that is kind of a unique aspect of, you know, although there, there are definite winners, like, like it's hard, I, it's hard for me to imagine somebody feeling like a loser coming out of one of those competitions. Yeah. I mean, people definitely do, but it's because they don't have the right mindset ultimately, but it is really cool to have your friends who win, who turn right back around and congratulate you on a good job, even if you didn't win. And that's such a special space to be in. Talk about some of the relationships you've had with some of your friends and like the, your competitors and people that you've met who you've competed against. Yeah. So I like to consider This is my personal opinion, but I don't compete against people. I compete with people because these women are my best friends. They are the ones I call when I'm having a bad day or the ones I call when I just get a job promotion, right? Because we come from such a unique situation that really is like a tornado in and of itself. We create such a unique bond that we go through highs and we go through lows. I feel very blessed to compete with women who win the competition and turn right back around before going anywhere to see anyone who's ready to congratulate them to turn back around and see if I'm okay. And the same thing that goes with me. If if I win and someone else doesn't win, it's my responsibility to make sure that the girls who didn't win know that their worth isn't within that crown. Um, And it's a really cool, cool sisterhood to be a part of because we aren't competing against each other. We're competing with each other. And at the end of the day, it's five people's opinions and Mm -hmm. the next five people are going to be completely different. So yeah, it's an, it's a cool place to be. That is, that is cool. That is really cool. Okay. What about what now I've like you, I've been on stages my whole life and I know some of the most hilarious, funniest things happen on stage and behind stage. Are there any stories that you can tell or are willing to share that, that, you know, of, uh, things that, that have happened that, you know, that, that people would get a kick out of. Oh my goodness. I am a walking 
embarrassment in the best sense. I do so many silly things. But one that comes to mind, we were just about ready to go on stage for our onstage question last year at Miss Arizona. And somebody asked me if I could tell a joke. And I consider myself to be fairly funny. However, I'm not a joke teller. And the joke that I told people totally flopped. But what saved me was the fact that I thought I was hysterical. (laughs) It was, it is truthfully the worst joke ever. And I can't even remember what it was, but I remember thinking, wow, I really need to learn some more jokes. But I saved myself because I just, I found comedy in my lack of ability. (laughs) And there's so many random things that happen on and off stage that you just have to sit and laugh about. Otherwise, Truthfully, you're going to get stressed about it and it's not worth the stress or anxiety. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I love that. And there's nothing better than just self-deprecating humor, right? Right. <laughs> it saved what, me in that uh, instance. <laughs> right. <laughs> just to kind of kind of finish up, what what where do you see the future of Miss America, um, maybe the pageant system in general? But like where where do you see it? it going and, and, and flourishing? What, any changes in the future? Like what, what do you see happening in the, in the near future with the pageants and, and what you're part of? I definitely see them continuing. I think it's really cool to watch a beauty pageant as they were originally called transition into a competition is what we now call Miss America to incorporate more diversity and more inclusion within the systems. I definitely see that continuing because we're only growing and which is really fun to watch. And I really hope that it continues going for the next 100 years with Miss America. So I can see my little sister compete. I can see my girls compete someday if I have children or little girls someday. But I really do hope that we continue to progress and just add more relativity to our organization, which we're doing so good at doing right now, um, but we can only get better, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Madeline Hips, you are a light. How how can people support you, help you get to know the things that you're doing? What's what's the best way for for people to, to see what you're doing and up to? Well, thank you so much for that compliment. You are so sweet. I would love it if everybody followed me on Instagram. You can follow me at my Miss Desert Rose account, which is Miss Desert Rose AZ on Instagram. Or you can follow my Serving Sisters Club, which is my organization for little girls. Um, and that's the Serving Sisters Club on Instagram as well. Um, you can follow the same usernames on Facebook and TikTok. So follow me on social media. I post constantly as to what I'm doing. And also all of the upcoming events will be found on both my Miss Desert Rose and my Serving Sisters Club Instagram accounts. You are listening to And If Love Remains. The first of 23 installments requested by Dr. Levitt trying to be in compliance here because we're taking him and that whole organization down.